You've tuned into another episode of Radio Free HPC, the show where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and a variety of high-tech topics. I'm Dan Olds from Intersect 360 Research, joined as always by my co-hosts, Henry Newman of Seagate Government Solutions, Shaheen Khan from Orion X, and our near-millennial standout, Jesse Lanham. In association with our media partner, HPC Wire, let's get on with the show. Dan Olds here, and it's time for another scintillating episode of Radio Free HPC. The usual crew is here. We've got uh, the pizza man, Henry Newman, down in his survivalist compound in Las Cruces, New Mexico. How you doing, Henry? Dan, I'm doing well, but I moved. I moved. I moved to a little town near Las Cruces called Mesilla. Just so you know, I you moved. haven't moved because I've been there. So there you go. Nope. In fact, I've <laughs> I've not, actually you're not here I've now. actually been there to see you. Boy, that was bad. Puns <laughs> <laughs> are the <laughs> lowest form of humor next to limericks. <laughs> and we have Jessie, as you can hear her sardonic laugh out in West <laughs> Lafayette, Indiana. How are you, Jesse? I was doing better before you started. That was the awful. Puns, Dan. I know that was yeah. awful. Banned from the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Shaheen Khan down in the valley. What is up, Shaheen? All is well, Dano. Excellent. Happy to be here. You know for whom all is not well? Henry Who? S. Newman. Whom? Because he no. moved and the box hasn't no. arrived Henry yet. Henry S. Newman has been under attack. Tell us about it, Henry. Been under attack. He's been inundated. Yeah, I have... Inundate, I had 5,000 attempted logins into my cloud starting on Wednesday night last now, wait, week. Now, wait, wait, wait. When you and say cloud, define yourself, Henry. Be specific. I Thanks, have Dan. a home. Thank you, Jesse and Dan. I have a home NAS system, which I export to the vendor's to the to the vendor site, which is part of the vendor software, which allows me to access the data on my home uh, NAS as if it as if it were a cloud, and I had five thousand uh, attempted logins. And what I had already done is I block IP addresses. If you have five attempted logins within five minutes, that you go into a blocked IP address. And they continued to do that for a while and got 800 different blocked IP uh, addresses. IP addresses, <laughs> um, and because they were spoofing IPs, and they kept doing a bunch of other things to try to get in. I, I did have a 16-character password, which best of luck to you with the 16 characters. I won't tell you what's in it, but you know, 16 to uh, large powers, a hard random number. But my concern was they might've got the password hash, which could have given them a possibility of getting in. So I have, I have done well, taken now, some hold on. additional. Yeah, let's, let's say this. Henry has gone above and beyond the call of simply changing, you know, the default password. Uh, Henry yeah. has done some things that are pretty much guaranteed to frustrate these people badly. So Henry, let us know, or yes. the bots badly. 
First of all, I created a new user and disabled the admin user. And the new user is probably not guessable because it's not a real word. Mm. It's got letters and number letters and numbers. So that's in it. now so the admin. The, the real that is admin now the account. admin. Yeah. And the other admin account is disabled. So you try to log in as admin, you can't get in. Uh, disabled or deprivileged? Disabled. Okay. Okay. So it does not exist anymore. It does not exist anymore. So they would have to guess the new username. Additionally, I've changed the algorithm instead of uh, five attempts in, in uh, five minutes, it's five attempts in 30 minutes. So I, I extended that. So if they try that, then I'm blocking more IP addresses over time. Good, good. Because IP, IP addresses aren't cheap, even if you're spoofing them. <laughs> well, you can you can do well. A bot can do whatever they want. Yeah. So, um, so I, I've done that, and I've I increased the password uh, length to eighteen characters, and uh, we're now at we figure sixty two to the eighteenth power as a possibility. Stan, is that what we no, figured out the other like day? Forty six. To the 18th no hour. it's upper oh, upper and lower case that's lower. right that's right you're right so yeah that's 62 60 something to the 18th power right. no so it's good luck on that 60 something power yeah 18 to the 60 yeah which is a pretty big power. number no matter how you slice it it's a big number it's in the quadrillion range i believe yep and it's really not 18. I'm not telling anybody how what the actual password link. Let's just say it's over 18. Nice. So anyway. So good, good luck. Henry, Henry, do you have any idea what happened or what you might have done to get yourself targeted like this or just random out of the blue? I think it is random out of the blue uh, that they found my name somewhere on the, and I'm not going to mention the vendor, the vendor's website. But I think the important thing here is, is twofold. It's not what I've done. It's not, it, it's the fact that this, think about small businesses that have to have these NAS for remote workers. This is a difficult problem. So why is everyone going to the cloud? because they can't, most people don't know how to deal with this. Now, there are other things I could have done. I could have gotten a fixed IP address. I could have gotten a, my own domain name and, and, and done things a different way so it wasn't broadcast from the NAS vendors uh, site. I mean, there are things I could have done to, you know, on my, but at a cost. So the point is that you have to understand what, to do if you are a small business and going to maintain your own NAS, or you're going to have to move everything to the cloud just from a security point of view, because you don't have the skill set to operate even, you know, these SMB NASs. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think there's a middle ground in there that like the NAS vendors need to do a better job of helping you to secure these, these things. I've got two of them myself. And I've never opened them up to the internet. I go, I need to get access to them. I go in through my PC, through a remote client. And that seems to me to have been more secure, but that's what my needs are. Right. And that, that is more secure. I totally agree with that. But I don't have a PC that is my own. Uh, I have a work PC and my wife has her home PC. And 
least that I get on her home PC remotely when she is on it, I could lose my life. Henry, the kind of guy with the kind of income you have and you won't break down and buy a desktop for yourself, that's just sad. Is It really is. That's your opinion, no, Dan. Jesse, give me an opinion on this. Weigh in. <laughs> why Jesse and not Shaheen. Shaheen next? That's why. <laughs> I'm going to say it's a little sad. <laughs> and you know what, Jesse? His laptop isn't even all that good. But remember, every machine he now? buys is another attack surface. He's under-configured. Oh, yeah, oh, but he'll go boy. ahead and put his window blinds on the internet. The control for those is washer and dryer. That's true. I forgot about that. They probably have machine learning in them. Uh, yes. But Henry, get yourself. And my dishwasher did. You forgot about the, the dishwasher. dishwasher. too. I yeah. want to have a project, and I'd like to announce a new contest. I'm not going to because you idiots are not going in for the contest that we have right now. 29th emailer. Fantastic. And, uh, Dan, Dan. Dan, you you called our listeners idiots. I yeah, now I don't know if I and you wonder why we have ten. Yeah, (laughs) I think I just thought that. I didn't actually say that. I'm pretty sure I just you did say it. Well, you said it, but it's so far in the past. Who knows who said what at this point? (laughs) (laughs) But I would like the listeners out there to help me talk Henry into getting a decent desktop PC. Because he and I have been working on, on configuring it, and he's configuring it like my grandmother would, without the, without the <laughs> uh, lust for power that she had. Yeah, it's, it's really, really disheartening to have a technology guy like Henry refusing to use it for himself. There you I'm go. not refusing. I just don't have a need. I don't, I don't no have a, a need for this stuff. Have... He didn't need the internet. We didn't need to have multiple cores. We didn't need to have 64 bits. But you know what, Henry? People invented them anyway. And we... Henry does not over-provision. <sighs> that's that's what is we're that, fighting against. Isn't that true, Henry? I'm not over-provisioned. You are, if you're not over-provisioned, then you're under-provisioned. That's the fact, I'm not under-provisioned. I don't need provisioning. That's my whole point. Well... Uh, I don't need provisioning. I am going to find you the cheapest <laughs> tablet possible, and you could use that. Oh, man. It's like dealing with a small child. Get anyway, off my lawn yeah, moment. we are. So <laughs> let's drive on. Next topic. Henry's fixed his NAS. He buys good NASs, by the way. But he's crap. Yeah. And I got and, and I got and a and and I, good router. And I got a deal, uh, a deal on the SSDs, Dan. Is that a deal or what? But it was but a- you under-provision everywhere else, and it – well, it makes me sad. It, it hurts. hurts. I, I'm glad. Yeah. You, you, yeah. Your sadness, you know, it is it what feels, it is. He feels your pain. Henry, your sadness fuels me. You're just <laughs> grinding your own nose, Henry, in order to spite me. <laughs> yep. Okay. I would like to say some words. Uh, so I, I do. Yes, yes. I've got the words coming. Uh, I liked the event. I thought he did a great job. I thought 
now that he's been in the saddle for a couple of months, it was it was great to get some update and get some some energy and vibes. So what did they announce? Uh, they had some encouraging news on seven nanometer. Obviously, the proof is in the pudding, and you know, but but the activity in the kitchen looks good. He mentioned this thing called EUV. As usual, I'm going to take you through the buzzwords. So EUV stands for extreme ultraviolet. It's a it's it's a lithography process that is part of photolithography, which is a really important part of these advanced manufacturing. And apparently, they were you know, trying to fight it and now they're adopting it. But one way or another, they're like with the program now and it looks kind of good. Along those lines, he had a part, a Ponte Vecchio part in his hand. And in fact, people were trying to figure out the size of all of this based on as a comparison to actually his hand, uh, try to figure out what the tiles were. Now, Ponte Vecchio is their XE GPU accelerator, HPC, you know, whatever XE. chip. HPC exactly for Aurora. It has 47 tiles, 47 chiplets on it, and 100 billion transistors, which is uh, about twice the A100, which has 54 billion. Uh, he didn't mention that. This is me looking it up. Uh, he didn't mention competition. I, I, I wanted to see how it compares with the A100. But I think the biggest announcement that he had was that was the integrated uh, device manufacturing IDM 2.0. And that is that they've created a group that reports directly to him that's going to provide access to Intel's manufacturing capacity to basically all comers. They mentioned IBM, Amazon, Microsoft, Google, Qualcomm as folks who have expressed an interest or signed up. He had IBM and Microsoft actually on stage, their CEOs. And this provides IP access to x86, ARM, and RISC-V. Oh, wait. And Plus don't forget, standard. don't forget Power 10. Well, I don't think you mentioned that, but well, I imagine if IBM with, is going yeah, there, they probably, probably will bring their own thing. Pretty yeah, big yeah, deal. Yeah. yeah. But that's probably something that IBM brings rather than kind of, who knows, maybe they put it on the menu that others can use too. And then they're also standardizing the so-called uh, PDKs, process design kits, to make it easier for other folks to mix and match what they need to go build these specialized processors. So that was like really a, a qualitatively different approach to how they're managing it. And as part of that, they also announced a $10 billion investment for a new fab facility in Arizona that... Uh, was all quite welcome. Uh, he, he had a bunch of other things that he mentioned, but generally I thought it was job well done. And I, th and I, and I was happy to see it. Oh, great. Okay. Now we're going to pause for a couple of seconds because I'm going to go throw up in my wastebasket. I hope you can, I hope you do it. A little coffee in my mouth here. <laughs> mm. Dan, you need to edit that part you out. Think? Well, Henry, you know you were trying yes. to do the same thing. You were with me on would that, you? Henry. I don't know. Dan, you need to edit that part I, out. I would actually listen to the final copy <laughs> to make sure you did. <laughs> Shaheen, what? Back, back, back to what you said. Uh, you know, this is a lot of of mother and apple pie. It, do you think they can execute? Yes, I do. And at what time frame? Don't ask. Don't well, go down this the, road. The seven nanometer. I think that they they didn't set expectations for seven nanometer as 
sort of like now. They said it's a 2022 kind of a phenomenon. He did not get I think pinned that down on that either. He did not get pinned down, but uh, but I think if you're really debugging the process and you're making good progress, it's gonna you know I don't think it's beyond their capability to figure it out and go beyond that. Also, you have to remember that when they say seven nanometers and when Samsung says seven nanometers and TSMC says they're kind of they don't exactly they don't line up at all mean the same thing. Yeah. They they kind of are on their own roadmap and they they you know they measure different things. Um, so I I liked what I heard. I think that it was a good move and it's what I wanted to hear. I think as I've said to you, Intel's success is very important to the industry. And I was happy to see that they've got, they're getting their mojo back. Yeah, well, they sold it to Global Foundry, so those fabs still exist, but they're not the leading, leading edge. Correct. Fab standing for what? Huh? What'd you say? Huh? Well, I said fab, fab standing Fabrication for technology. They'll make chips. Oh, okay, okay. Sorry, Just chip sure. manufacturing. Keeping track yes, of all yes, our right. yes. here. Got it. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, then. Except when we talk about Henry and fab, then we mean fabulous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here's something that's not happening here. It's happening in Europe. They are planning a 20,000 GPU super supercomputer to create, create a digital twin of Earth. And I'd like to weigh in first. That's not nearly, it's to yeah, model out climate change and stuff. And that's not big enough by probably an order of magnitude oh i think that's an, dan that's order of magnitude is a little excessive no it's an order of magnitude henry and based on what what computational algorithm are you, are you saying this because dan? it's very 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 big problem and this is only a very 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 big supercomputer that's that's so several dan, orders of magnitude that, that right to, there that, you, this is this is lacking data and for and you know, information. You know why what, the question you know why I, it's uh, lacking data information? Because no one yes. knows how much computation it will take to absolutely model to as these guys are saying the kilometer scale of an entire planet, our planet with a very complex atmosphere, very complex set of oceans and ocean currents and land masses and stuff like that. This is ludicrously small. But and Dan, Danoman, Danoman the, 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 the current number one six, which is their the NVIDIA Selena system, Selene, Selene, Selene system, Selene, Selene. That, that's like less than 20... Saline? Uh, no, 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 Celine, S-E-L-E-N-E. Uh, -E -E. uh, yeah, I know. They have, they have. I'm looking it up now, 2,240 A100 GPUs. Okay. So 20,000 is Ten like, times you more. know, eight, eight times eight that. Times. Yeah. And that's still not big enough to model the damn planet. And Dan, I go back to what I said. So given your... PhD in atmospheric and physical science. Can you explain what algorithm requirements are going to uh, 
mandate slash dictate the size of a computer you're suggesting. Let me throw that right Looking back. for the details. right back in your face, Henry. How good are the biggest weather systems today? How accurate? Um, Henry, the end of the pre-call. Say it again. Say it again. It depends. Say it. Say it. Say it. Say it. Dan. 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 ECMWF is like 30 days, 30 days, 80% if I remember okay. correctly. But that's the but difference me, is okay, this. Let me throw a, no, no, no. Okay, let me let up, me let me finish. Okay. The, the the difference is ECMWF has to get the model out in a certain period of time every day. Whereas with this system, you can let it run for weeks on an answer. It's different, Dan. Well, here's the quote, the direct quote from their folks. Quote, if you're planning a two-meter-high dike in the Netherlands, for example, I can run the data through my digital twin and check whether the dike will in all likelihood still protect against expected extreme events in 2050. And that just makes me scream BS. In the most, with most all due respect. I did say with all due and respect. Dan, the, and Henry, you're buying and Dan, into this. I, I, I'm not buying into that statement. <laughs> you're, I'm just, no, you're I'm buying just into saying the fact I, that this will work. I'm buying into the fact that we don't know how much computational power it's going to take to model at, at the, the level then, and the complexity. And you're saying that we need 10 times more with no data. Zero data then bothers me, let me Then equally. let me throw it back this way. If we don't know how much it's going to take, then isn't it possible or isn't it probable that it's colossal enough that we can't build a machine to do it? It's like Hitchhiker's no. Guide to the Galaxy. What's the answer to I'm, everything? What is that? What is that? What is that? What is Hitchhiker's a, Guide to the Galaxy? A little, it's a book. There's a story. There's a story in the book <laughs> that a long gone civilization had developed AI and they asked the machine to give them the answer to life and everything. The machine said, I can do this, but I've got to build another machine that I'm going to architect for you. And a generation passed as they built this other machine and they finally completed it and asked it the question. And you know what it said? 42. Probably 42. I need another machine. 42 was the answer. Why is well, that's what brings on the third machine, Henry. Yeah, just I'm just saying that we don't have any idea how big the complexity here of this, and it's just complete hubris to say that 20,000 GPUs will do it. That's the number. Not 19, not well, 21, but 20. So what is is your problem that they said digital twin of Earth? Yeah, is that that's the, ludicrous. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think when they say that, it's kind of hard to tell exactly how much of a twin they and have in I'm mind. I'm all in favor of supercomputers. Uh, uh, I like them being built. Uh, but I think this twin is kind of just a mesh of an actual twin. It's like a better resolution than before, but not quite then kind say of that. fleshed out. So I think uh, calling it a digital twin of an Earth is, is let's say, Hubris. you know, Term of trade, Hubris. figure of Hubris. speech. Yes. But this is also part of a land grab because Europe is putting up a trillion dollars to reach carbon neutrality by 2050. And if they're really serious about that, then. Well, I am sort of happy that carbon neutrality has led to the installation of a big supercomputer. 
Yeah. They right? didn't mention. And by the way, I mean, 20,000 GPUs is really a big deal. That's a giant system. Oh, yeah. But but I, I just, I, I don't like the, uh, the way it's being positioned. Mm. Yes, yes, I, I think we might, we might agree there. Yes, there's many things Dan does not that's like and enjoy. Let's move along <laughs> before I become in a bad yes. mood. And where's my hot cocoa? Where is you? Yeah, exactly. Get mine. off my lawn while you're. The ball lands in my yard. It's mine now. That's my ball. Yeah, exactly. Nope. That's I'm not mine. throwing it back yeah. over the fence. That was your. So problem. what else do we want to talk about? I've lost track. Arm had it. I don't have. I don't have anything else. Really, Henry? Yeah. Uh, well, I guess I you've, you've already Catch. thrown out Henry's reason why Henry should never be online ever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you did do that, Jesse. You got a catch of the week. Oh, that didn't uh, sound promising. Kind of. Kind of. So. <laughs> uh, oh wow! Hey now, Dan. That is rude. Again. He's in. So, he's in okay. rare form today, Jesse. Be nice to him. I know he really is. Okay, fine, fine, fine. We'll be nice to Dan. So I'm in a class on machine learning, specifically for applied instances of machine learning. And for a midterm, we had to look at a application of machine learning that we found would benefit society. And so there was this article, and by article, I'm talking about like a scientific article. It was published titled Pre-Deployment Risk Factors for PTSD and Active Duty Personnel Deployed to Afghanistan. And what they did was they created this machine learning model to try to predict from members of, oh, I forget which soldier group it was, but surprisingly large population of folks deployed to Afghanistan who was going to get PTSD oh, interesting. based on the deployment experience. Yeah, and so it was pretty, pretty fascinating. There were necessarily, I'm still like going through it and reading through it and having to pick it apart for this class, but it's a really fascinating instance of uh, something we can use machine learning for that actually has direct applicability to something that we don't necessarily think about on the day to day. So I found this article pretty fascinating. That's excellent. What do you got, Shaheen? Maybe I'll use my catch to talk about what ARM announced. Okay. So ARM announced the version nine of their chip architecture. So it's a really big deal. And version eight came, you know, some years ago, probably about 10 years ago or so. So this thing is going to carry them for the next 10 years. And the big items on this are security, uh, hardware partitioning, and the notion of what they call the realm. And the realm is a hardware concept where you're partitioning, partitioning off execution environment. And they've got something called Real Memory Manager, Real Memory Realm, get it? That also is a pretty cute connection. And uh, it sort of isolates the platform underneath hardware for the hypervisor to do its thing. So really very good. So the combination of trusted platform and all the security features that they have, they talked about a bunch of other things, about their end-to-end -end sensor to servers and back, and they had the... Uh, you know, they featured uh, Fugaku, they featured a whole raft of partners and customers, very good event. They talked about investments in graphics. They really didn't say anything about the NVIDIA deal because I guess they're not allowed to. But uh, the architecture looked nice and as usual, uh, very high quality people. And this is one thing I really have noticed about ARM in the past three, four events that I've uh, participated and they got a very, very good team. So. Mm. Good for them for that. They're very strong, very well positioned. Very nice, very nice. Henry, what do you got? 
Well, yeah, along the lines of security issues, uh, the people that were hacking the Microsoft Exchange servers were implying they were Krebs. Really? <laughs> oh. So, yes. And by the way, just to say so, who Krebs is, who is a world-famous researcher on security issues. World-famous and was a Washington Post reporter doing research and has a, quit the Washington Post and became – a independent and uh, the secure the people some of the people who didn't like what he was reporting on as an independent sent the SWAT team and said it was a hostage situation in the house and he almost got killed. Hmm. Wow. Hmm. What is the That's name? Little, is, you, you may want to share his website. Uh, Krebsonsecurity.com. Yeah. 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 It's a definite go-to place for all oh, it's definitely of security should. news and analysis. Yeah. He does a great job. Yes. He is good. Very all good. Right. So anyway, that's that's a that's not good. No, no, not good at no. all. Uh, what is my catch of the week? I'm going to have to just pull something. Yeah, I don't have it. Thought I did. Thought I could just pull something out of my you know what, but I didn't. Oh, my yeah. turn to rest. It's like the <laughs> second go. time I've never. I haven't had a catch of the week. Mm. Where are we in on our contest? 2012. Hey, Just saying, uh, Jesse. Yeah. Uh, where Not are we right on our right. contest? We still need some more responses. We're looking for 29, and we have not quite hit that number yet. But, you know, you realize when you got 11 listeners, that means everybody has to send two or three before we get to 29. I know, 29. and we're not allowing any repeats. So no wonder. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a while. Settle in, people. I'm not boxing up anything yet. No, I don't think so. Yes. Oh well, then I guess yes. <laughs> Who's our special guest? Whoops. Our special guest is one of our one of our uh, eleven, ten not listeners. Yay. So this is one way to get even fewer listeners. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Well, well, for that, for that show. And, and he gets no chance at the contest. We told him that if you become oh. a guest, you have, no, you're done. You're, you have no contest. Yeah. You're done for the contest for a year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have an idea. I think we need to have, I need, I think we need to accept more listeners because we get all these applicants to be our listeners and we keep rejecting I them. I did our <laughs> guest. We don't have space. Sure. We don't have spots. Well, we create more heavily. spots. For Part of the problem is that, like, for instance, you know, we're like Harvard. For instance, <laughs> with our guest, he was getting a little mouthy, and I didn't like his his listener survey, so I banned him from listening to the show <laughs> for a month. <laughs> yeah. Back to our listener. Who is our guest? Henry, introduce him. Uh, our our guest is Lonnie Heike, who is an uh, early engineer at Cray Research back in the 70s. Excellent. Late 70s. 1970s. Yep. <laughs> 1970s. And, <laughs> yep, Lonnie and I worked together at Instrumental, and Lonnie taught me hardware training for analysts in the summer of 1982. Wow. What system yeah. was that on? Yeah, that was on the uh, Cray YMP. 1S. 1S. Cray 1S. Oh, YMP, I think, was uh, 87. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Sorry, sorry. I thought you said 92. 82. Yeah, 82. Wow. Yeah, wow. Beautiful. Yes. 
Looking forward to it. Well, let's go ahead and call that an episode. And uh, please send in your emails to podcast at radiofreehpc.com in order to enter our contest. And also send in some more of those uh, listener surveys. That is on our webpage, and it'll be at the bottom of this the blog to accompany this episode as well, that link, because we... Well, I don't care what you think, but these guys do. So please fill out the survey. <laughs> uh, do it just to spite me. That would be good. And, and just so, every, go. so everyone knows, it's Dan who really is the one who cries over this. Jesse, Shaheen, and I are pretty have pretty thick skin. Dan does not, though. No, I am very sensitive. <laughs> yes, very he's, sensitive. he's almost as sensitive to this as I triple arithmetic. Damn, don't get me started on that again. That's going to ruin my whole day. You know, it doesn't obey the laws of math, which are universal. And they've been... Well, those are not laws. laws. They're just guidelines. No, the communicative law of arithmetic is a law. It is a law. It is not just a suggestion. It's it's not just a good idea. Okay, I got to close this out. Thank you for listening. Everybody stay safe out there. And have a good Radio Free HPC week. Yay! Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. Reach out to us on email at podcast at Radio Free HPC or via Twitter at Radio Free HPC. As a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thanks again for listening.